Well, how are we doing, CCV? You all right? So glad to see you here. I want to. I want to start by asking a simple question: How do you react when you're attacked? Now, there's three common responses: fight, flight, or freeze. You want to guess what mine is? I learned what mine was when I was seven years old. I'm out on the playground, and this kid comes up and just starts shoving me in the chest. I don't think I did anything to him. I think he was just a bully. But I was a little, like a skinny little kid. I was terrified. He pushed me, and so I kind of back up, and he pushed me again, and I back up again. He kept pushing me, and finally, I was so afraid, I just, (laughs) literally, I closed my eyes and just took a roundhouse at him. I caught him right between his upper lip and his nose. I bloodied both of them, and then it was over, just like that. It wasn't completely over. They took us to the principal, and I got in trouble for fighting. And then I cried. Not because I got in trouble. I cried because I had hurt another human being. So it turns out that I am a fighter and a lover at the same time with the same person. Don't judge. I ask you that question because I think we are about to find out what your instinctive response is as a Christian. How do you respond when you're attacked? Because as we mentioned at the top of this series, there is a rise, documented rise, between 2014, 2017, of aggression against Christians. Christians getting sued for what they believe in, canceled for what they say, attacked for what they do. And it might be you. And maybe you haven't experienced it yet, but you probably will soon. How do you react when you're attacked? That's the question. And the reason we're in this series in 1 Peter is he gives us four strategies for how to react when we're attacked so that we can win. Now, let's be careful. We're not talking about winning an argument. We're not talking about winning even a cultural war. We're talking about winning people to Christ. The very people who hate you, you can win for Christ so that your enemy becomes your ally. That's the strategy. In week one, we talked about this strategy. It's powerful. Hold on to hope. Because if you hold on to hope when you are attacked, it makes you virtually invincible. Second strategy, and this is from last week, to live with integrity. Because when we narrow the gap between what we say and what we do, those who assault us become ashamed at attacking someone who lives such a moral life. We're talking today about the third strategy. I don't even want to tell you what it is. Because you're going to listen and go, oh, that's stupid. Like, who would do that? I'm, I'm being serious. This is not going to be popular. Maybe for you guys who have been here a long, long, long time, you go, yeah, that kind of makes sense. But if you're a new follower of Jesus, I'm just warning you, this is a hard teaching. And if you're kind of watching online and checking us out to see, oh, maybe I'll jump in with those guys, this may make no sense to you. So I'm just going to ask you, will you, just a, just a favor to me, will you reserve judgment until after the message? Like, wait until you hear everything that Peter has to say about this strategy for winning people to Christ when they attack you. Deal? I still don't want to tell you. Okay, but I got to tell you, I got to tell you. Here here it is. How do you react when you're attacked? Submission. What? 
And not necessarily submission to the person attacking you, but you submit to the authorities over you so that you're in alignment with God's will in this world. Here's how Peter puts it in verse 13. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as a supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. That's what Peter says. And, and Peter's not the only one who says it. The apostle Paul said it twice. Romans chapter 13, Ephesians chapter five, he talks about submission of servants submitting to masters, of citizens submitting to government, of wives submitting to husbands. Oh, ouch, that's gonna hurt. And so we, we, we've got this, and Peter, he doesn't just say it once, you realize that the, like the biggest part of his book is this argument for submitting to authorities over you. Starts in the middle of chapter two, goes to the end of chapter three. It is a big deal for him. And the word he uses for submission is a military term. It means to arrange under. So if you've been in the military, you'll, you'll get this. You have a commanding officer. And if you don't obey your commanding officer, you are out of alignment with your commander in chief. If you're in business, you get this. It's called an org chart. And if you don't do what your direct superior tells you to do, you are out of alignment with the CEO. God has put authorities in our lives so that there would be order in our world. And some of you, I can feel you pushing back right now going, yeah, but my leader's not a godly leader. Doesn't matter. God's leader doesn't have to be a godly leader to be God's leader. And this is throughout the Bible. There are leaders like Nebuchadnezzar and Pharaoh and Cyrus. They weren't godly men, but they were God's men appointed by him for his purpose in this world. And you might think, yeah, but my, my boss, you just don't know my boss. But can I tell you who the emperor was that Peter said this about? Here, here he is. His name is Nero. There were a lot of freaky emperors. This dude's the worst. Like seriously, I cannot even tell you all the things he did wrong because this is not an NC-17 service. I'll tell you two. Nero, he had a wife, he didn't like her. Had another woman, he liked her, and said, I wanna marry Papea, and so he ordered his guards to assassinate his wife. That seems a little extreme to me. And then Papea got crosswise with him too, and so, he didn't order her killed, he killed her himself in a fit of rage. Nero kicked his wife in the stomach while she was pregnant. The baby died and she died as well. That's Nero. And it gets even worse. About the time Peter was writing this book, there was a fire in Rome set by Nero. See, he wanted to expand his palace. It wasn't big enough for him. He, was, he took over a third of the city of Rome for his personal residence. Problem was, people actually lived there. And they were mostly poor people lived there. And so he set their neighborhood on fire. These tenement apartments went up in flames with the people in it. Of course, that wasn't popular. So Nero blamed the Christians. He said, well, they did it. So then he punished the Christians by burning them, tying them to a stake, 
rubbing tar all over them and lighting them on fire to illuminate his evening entertainment in his palace. That's Nero. And you might think, well, you know, Peter lived a long way away. He didn't actually have to meet Nero. Oh, no, he did. Peter and Paul, the two great apostles, were both killed by this emperor. Paul, because he was a Roman citizen, was beheaded with a sword. More honorable way to go. Quicker. Peter was crucified like Jesus. And when they were putting him on the cross, he objected and said, I am not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. So according to tradition, they said fine, and they crucified him upside down. Now you might think, see, that's why it's stupid. Submission doesn't work. Well, hold, hold on for just a minute. Do you, do you know what stands on the site today? What stands on the site of the place where Peter was crucified? St. Peter's Basilica in the center of the Vatican. Maybe the question we should ask is not, is it right, but does it work? Submission is a strategy of winning a war against your enemy. Not winning the argument, not winning a cultural war, but winning your enemy to Christ so that your enemy becomes an ally. And there's four reasons that Peter says that it works. And before I get into those, there's one other argument that people give and they go, what about civil disobedience? Isn't that biblical? Yes, it is. There are three examples of it throughout the scripture and Peter is one of them. Peter was told by the Jewish leaders, you, you gotta stop preaching in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus already said, preach in my name, spread the gospel. So Peter says, I have a direct command of God and a direct command of government, and they are in direct contradiction. I must obey God rather than men. Likewise, Daniel. In his day, Nebuchadnezzar said, you gotta bow down to this idol. But God said, don't bow down to idols who have a direct command in direct contradiction to what the government was saying. You've got to obey God rather than men. Back in Exodus, days of Pharaoh, he said to the Jewish midwives, kill all the baby boys from the Hebrews. But God had said, thou shalt not murder. So they have a direct command of God that's a direct contradiction to a direct command of the government. And so you've got to obey God rather than men. But outside of that, a direct command of God contradicting a direct command of government, you do not have the right to decide whether you will obey or not. Because it is about the alignment of the hierarchy of God in this world. And just because your leader is not a godly man or woman doesn't mean that they're not God's man or woman. And if you begin to look at the strategy, at least the way Peter argues it, it is effective and it will work for a church. Listen, we are going to encounter opposition. If we stand for Christ, if we're vocal about our beliefs, we will face opposition. And this strategy of submission is one of the most powerful ways of facing it. Here's why. Number one, submission silences your opposition. Peter puts it this way in verse 15. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. If we fast forward to the end of his argument, chapter three, he says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. 
But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be shamed by their slander. We will win through submission. Not win an argument, not win a fight, but win a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's not popular. In fact, let me just give you a little bit of a window into our culture. Malcolm Gladwell does this podcast, I love it, called Revisionist History. And one of the episodes was about NBA referees. Now we've got replay, so we actually know the answer to this question. Are referees better today than they were 10 years ago? Absolutely, yes, they are. Like, almost none of their calls get overturned. They are way better refs. Do they get more objections today than they did 10 or 20 years ago? Absolutely, yes. So why is it that refs who are better than ever get more people questioning their calls and arguing with them? And this is where it gets even worse. You know who's arguing? It used to be the second string scrubs. And the superstars would come along and say, hey, calm down, calm down, calm down. Just let the ref do his job. But now it's the superstars that are doing most of the arguing. <coughs> LeBron. <laughs> Was that out loud? So, sorry. I want to illustrate it this way. And all of us, you can, you can laugh about the superstars and say, well, they, yeah, they're argumentative. You know what? We all are. If there's that much arguing in the NBA, how much do you think there is at work? We all feel entitled to give our opinion, to express ourselves against the authorities that God has put over us. Here's the problem with that. You may be right, but your strategy is wrong. And here's what I mean. Our words are like bricks. They have a lot of weight going down, but they're really hard to throw up in the air. If you're a parent, you know this. You, your words have weight with your children, but they may not have as much weight with your parents. If you're a teacher, you get it. Your, your words have weight over your students, but not so much over the principal. This principle of words are like bricks is everywhere in sports, in business, in politics. If you really want to influence up, it's not going to be with your words. It's going to be with your actions. What do you think is gonna happen if I clip this balloon and just release it? Like, you already know, right? Our actions are like helium. They rise up through the ranks of leadership. And you will be more noticed by what you do than by what you say. So you can argue with Peter's strategy all you want. The fact is, it simply works. And I want to introduce, having looked at the brick and the balloon, I want to introduce one group of people that Peter says to submit. And this is a tough one. It always gets pushback. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 6 is not small. It's a big section. He says, wives, submit to your husbands. You can't say that. Just did. When people object to wives submitting to their husband, here's why. They misunderstand what subjection means. We think that people in subjection are lesser than. They don't have as much value as the, as the big boss, as the person in charge. That is not, in God's view, that is not what submission means. Your value as a human being, 
Your value to God is not tied to your rung on the, on the ladder of the org chart. It is tied to your creative nature by God. And if we could just get this in our heads, that the hierarchy is for order and peace, not for placement of value over people. And wives, even if it's wrong to say that, like even as you go, well, Peter's a chauvinistic pig, which he's not, and I'm gonna prove it in a minute. But even if you believe that, Peter's a chauvinistic pig, his advice is still good for you. And here's why, I'm about to prove it. Uh, guys, you don't get to talk right now, it's just for the women. Let me ask you two questions. Question number one, ladies, are your husbands, are, are men in general good at listening to women? I thought about having my wife come answer the question for me, but I didn't want to, so she's not here. No, I'm not good at listening to my wife. Should I? Yes. Would I live longer? Yes. Would I be happier? Yes. But the reality, like you can argue with the reality all you want, but the reality is guys are not good at listening to women. You know what we do with women? Uh, we watch you. That's why some of you have to say, my eyes are up here. We look at women more than we listen to women. So ladies, if you want to affect your husband, if you want to win him to Christ, your submission to him will speak louder than your words at him. I've had, I don't know how many couples, dozens, maybe over 100, where one will come to Christ before the other. A wife before a husband, a husband before a wife. And the, when I meet the, the, other, part, the other party, the, the spouse, I always ask this one question, is she a better wife now that he's following Christ? Is he a better husband now that he's following Christ? 100% of the time, that may, this may not be in everybody's case, but in my experience, 100% of the time, when the wife is a better wife because she's a Christian, or the husband's a better Christian, or better husband because he's a Christian, 100% of the time, eventually the spouse comes to Christ. Again, that may not be your story. It may not be for everybody. But percentages are on your side that your actions more than your words, will move the needle. Remember, we're not trying to win a fight. We're trying to win someone to Christ. There's only one exception to a wife submitting to her husband, and that is, and please hear me say this, if you are in danger in your home, if there's abuse, get out and get help. God does not expect you to stay where you are in danger. Other than that, just try it. See if it's more effective than your arguments. Now, uh, since I've offended half the crowd who are females, let me offend the other half. <laughs> Husbands, do you really think that because God put you in charge, it's so that you could get your way? No way. I'm gonna read one verse, chapter three, verse seven. Husbands, in the same way, consider, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. Just so you know, guys, this word respect is the exact same Greek word as what Peter said to offer to the emperor or slaves to the masters. You are submitting yourself to your wife. How? He explains, as the weaker partner. Time out, ladies, don't get insulted. He's not talking about your mind, he's not talking about your soul, he's talking physically. Because women don't typically have the same strength as their male partners. 
Men, it is your God-given obligation to submit your body to her service for protection and provision. Why? As heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Do you understand what Peter has just said? She is a fellow heir with you. Her value is equal to yours. Her access to God is equal to yours. So you submit yourself to serve her so that both of you can have the best life possible before God. And then he he finishes with this. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. What in the world does a husband's submission to his wife have to do with his prayers to God? Apparently a lot. And gentlemen, if you feel like you've been talking to God and he's not listening, you might want to check what's happening in your home. That could be the cause. Here's the second reason submission works. Submission liberates you. Well, that's dumb. Submission doesn't liberate you, it constricts you. Right? You're under someone else. Seriously, have you ever raised a child? Does, does, does their total freedom make them liberated? No. If you have a three-year-old, every three-year-old says, I'll do it myself. That's a good way to kill a three-year-old is to let him. I mean, you know this. Why can't we apply it to ourselves? First Peter 2, verse 16 says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slave. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. There is so much wisdom packed in this. I mean, you see the honor, honor, right? You see the balance. What is in the middle is what drives the outside. Literally, here's are the insiders. For God, you fear him. Not terrified of him like he's gonna kill you, but respect for God because he is God. And love for the brotherhood. When these two are correctly in place, you are liberated to honor everyone who's in authority and honor the emperor, even a Nero. I realize that that is really hard. But I love, I love this quote from Richard Foster, who says, submission is the ability to lay down the terrible burden of always needing to get your own way. Submission. It frees you to be the best you. And I'm going to talk personally about that. Uh, in our context of Christ Church of the Valley, I'm, I'm a teaching pastor. The, my boss, the person I report to, his name is Tony Bergarello. He's one of the most godly men I've ever known. He reports directly to Ashley. So I am in submission to Tony, and I'm in submission to Ashley. They're godly men. The, the, in fact, they're, they're, I would consider them friends of mine. If you want to know a secret, I, I'd take a bullet for either one of them. They're men I love and respect. So it's easy for me to submit to them, right? Oh, no. No, I, I want to call the shots. I want to make the decision. I want to determine my schedule. I want to be free, which would never allow me to be the best version of myself. You see, you, some of you are thinking, well, if I had a boss like Ashley, man, I could, I could totally submit to Ashley. You just don't know my boss. Really? Let me ask you this. What if you didn't report to Ashley? What if you reported directly to God? Would you be in total submission to God? 
are you right now? See, we actually have a test case of this, where the first two people on the planet, were, they only reported to God. How'd they do? Eh, about as well as you. We think that submission is hard because who is over us? No, submission is hard because what is in us. And what is in us is this deadly disease of pride. Pride is the thing that will destroy your witness faster than anything else. Pride is the thing that will take you astray faster than anything else. Pride is the most deadly sin. And the antidote to pride is submission to the authority that God has put over you. This is God's gift for you. The ability to submit to a leader even if that leader is not a godly man or a godly woman. That leads to our third point. Submission makes you like Jesus and makes Jesus liked by the world. Here's how Peter unpacks that. Verse 19, for it is commendable if someone bears up under pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. Now look at this word, commendable. The original word is the same word we translate as grace or gift. It is a gift if you bear up under pain of unjust suffering, to which most of us say, hey God, could you give that gift to somebody else? Actually, he has. You thought this gift was for you? No. This gift is for the other, often the other who is opposing you. This is what he says in verse 21. This, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. That's the gift. And that's the gift that Jesus gave to you and then ask you to pass on that gift to someone else to suffer in this world righteously so that others, even your enemy, would have an opportunity to see the authentic Jesus through you. You can fight for your rights or you can fight for the gospel, but not at the same time. Our goal in submission is not to win an argument, is not to win a war, is not to win culture, it is to win a disciple for Jesus Christ. That leads to the last observation, submission increases your influence. How in the world increases my influence? Like I'm, I'm getting lower. Do you realize that the, the kingdom of Jesus is upside down? How do you come alive in the kingdom of Jesus? Well, you die to yourself. How do you get rich in the kingdom of Jesus? By, by giving things away. It's an upside down, how do you get exalted in the kingdom of Jesus? By humbling yourself. That's why when you kneel as a Christian, you actually get taller in the eyes of God. And that's been true for all of biblical history. The, the great Joseph of Genesis, how did he get to be the leader of basically the known world? By submitting to the Pharaoh. He's not a godly man, but he was God's man. How did David get to be the greatest king of all Israel? Because he submitted to Saul. Saul was not a godly man, but he was God's man. How did, how did Daniel get to rule the world? Because he submitted to Nebuchadnezzar. Not a godly man, he was God's man. And Jesus, 
Even Jesus submitted to Mary and Joseph as a child, to the high priest as an adult, and even to the pagan Pilate. They were not godly men, but they were God's men. And so Peter advises us in verse 12, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer because the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. I think our concern with submission is what if, what if it doesn't work out? Who's gonna punish the person who's making me suffer? This, these words of Peter, they're not really Peter's. They come from King David in Psalm 34, a thousand years before Jesus. And if you look at that Psalm, it's actually when David was on the run from Saul, the king. And David submitted, and because he submitted, he trusted that God would have his eyes on him and that Saul would get what is coming to him, and lo and behold, he did. And I'm just wondering, are you willing to give it a try? Like legitimately try to submit to a boss, to a spouse, to a governmental agency? Are you really willing to try this as a Christian? I'm telling you, it may not feel right, but it works. Because when people oppose us, we win by submitting. We don't win an argument, we don't win a fight, we may not even win the cultural war, but we will win converts to Jesus Christ. G.K. Chesterton said, Christianity has not been tried and found wanting. It's been found difficult and left untried. You wanna try it? Like just for a month, would you try it? Here's exactly, there's some great practical advice here. Verse 10, this is still from a quote from David. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil. That's step number one for submission. You can't talk bad about the authority that's over you. And their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. You gotta do your job and do it really well. Here's the third thing. They must seek peace and pursue it to create a community of peace under the leader. Are you willing to give this a try? Because here's my challenge for one month, for one month, just give it a try. See if it works. And I wanna put it in contemporary terms for us, so my challenge is threefold. Number one, refuse to slander your leader or your spouse for one month. Step number two, do your job. And do your job specifically in a way that makes them look good, not you. And number three, build the team, not your alliance. You might be bent out of shape because people are putting pressure on you, so you kind of get, you build this alliance of people who are loyal to you more than to the leader. That's a mistake. Rather, you build a team, and the team elevates the leader, and when the leader is elevated, all of you rise in the wake. Here at CCV, our mission is to win people to Christ, to train believers to become disciples, and to send disciples to impact the world. That's why this is our winning strategy. And that's why this month, our challenge as a church is to live in submission to the leaders above us, regardless of their relationship with Jesus Christ. Because then, we may just find that our enemies become our allies. Holy Father, this, this is a tough word. And it's, it's, you know it's as tough for me as anybody hearing this. But I want to commit to you, joined with an army 
of loyal, faithful followers of Jesus that we will live as Jesus lived in submission to the authorities so that anyone who slanders us would be put to shame because we live our lives in such a way that our sacrifice brings blessing on our city. Would you, Lord, permeate this valley with Christ-centered difference makers inflamed with a passion to suffer well so that you would be seen clearly for many for the very first time. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Guys, have a great weekend. Let's go make Jesus famous.